All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm your host, Tony Calgin, and this is the Stay in the Fight podcast, uh, reporting live from my sister's living room. So if there's any stray cats or, or girlfriends in the background, uh, please uh, please just look away. Uh, today, I got uh, my guy, uh, Matt Giampa. Uh, coach Giampa is the special teams coordinator, uh, running backs coach, uh, recruiting coordinator. Yes, sir. At Alvernia University, correct? Over yeah. there in Reading. Awesome. Yeah. Happy to have him on today. Um, so Coach Giampa, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, your beginnings. You know, uh, I know that you were you played at, at Perkman Valley uh, in, in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Uh, you went on to uh, be a, a student manager, student assistant at, at Temple. Um, when did you know you wanted to get into to football? When did you know you wanted to be a football coach? I think the first time I knew was probably middle school area. Um, you know, instead of doodling on my papers, I would draw plays, which looking back, they all ended up being mesh. So it was pretty much the same play over and over. Um, you know, football was just kind of my thing that I watched pretty much all day, every day. Uh, you know, I was going back and forth between two houses. So it was kind of the only thing I had, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would do things like just memorize the first two rounds of the draft, stuff like that. And then I think about eighth grade. You know, a gym teacher noticed that stuff and asked if I ever thought about coaching. I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought football was just like something you either play or you don't. Mm-hmm. Don't. Um, so I think right around there was where I sort of figured it out. Um, then I got to high school. And like you said, I played at Perkiomen Valley. Um, played is a stretch. Uh, I was a, a below average player, but we were a decent team. So people carried me to kind of wins. But then after high school, nobody's really recruiting five, six, like 250 pound offensive linemen. So that was sort of when I figured out that like coaching is the way to go if I want to stay in football. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how did you how did you end up at Temple? I know that you went to Penn State originally. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at Penn State for a year. Um, wasn't really about about it. So I transferred to Temple where, uh, you know, most of my friends had went and it was close enough to home. Um, and sort of the way it happened was. I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. I didn't know how you got jobs like in football, anything like that. So I just walked over to the facility on day one and just knocked on the door, which I guess you're not supposed to do at Temple just because of where the facility's at. <laughs> it's not in a great spot. Yeah. Um, but once I went there, they kind of, they took me in. I just kind of asked, like, I want to get into coaching, you know, is there anything I can do? So they gave me an ops job and a, and a, a coaching job which basically the coaching job was like hold bags Mm -hmm. uh, during practice but I got to sit in on meetings and things like that and travel to a couple games so it worked out I mean I did that for did that for two and a half years of my college career up until I ended up going to you guys over at Ursinus so it was Mm -hmm. good it was good I got to experience big time ball you know coach rule was nice to me the whole staff was good to me I have no complaints about that time that's awesome. Were you, uh, were you being, uh, making any money at the time being paid? <laughs> no, no, it was completely unpaid. Um, I had two other jobs so I could still do it because I had to pay. So I was paying my student loans. I was paying the interest off as I went through school. Um, so I had a job as a, a ticket booth guy um, for Temple basketball games. And then I worked for the Sixers in like a fan services department. So basically the guy who sits at the desk and people come up and complain to him about 
you know, whatever. And that was during when they were tanking. So it was really bad. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your first steps uh, getting into, you know, more of like your, your coaching side, your coaching career. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what led you to our sinus, what led you to reaching out to us? Yeah. Um, so for Temple, for my sports management degree, they make you get a junior internship and a senior internship. Um, my internship junior year, I just used my Temple football job as the internship, but they wouldn't let me do that a second time. So I had to go out and find things that were in coaching since I knew what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, but as, I mean, as you're aware, you know, when you first get into coaching, there's no paid gigs. There's no, you know, you're not making much money. So I was trying to look for stuff close to home so I could either live at home or live in my school apartment. Um, and I just blasted a bunch of emails out to every school within an hour of my house. Um, and luckily, or sinus, which is right up the street, Coach East, he just got back to me about doing my senior internship as a coaching and an ops guy. So it just kind of worked out that like I needed to find something close to home and the school that was literally the closest to my house wanted help with op stuff yeah. and a little yeah. bit of coaching here and there. So it worked out pretty good. No, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely a, a huge help having you, you know, uh, on the staff and uh, for you guys that, you know, are, are looking for a way to, you know, make a need for yourself. You know, coach Giampa came in, he started organizing the, the recruiting areas. He was sitting in on meetings, trying to learn as much as possible. And then we even asked him to get his like, it's not technically a pilot license, but his drone license. So he could fly yeah. our drone and, and film, uh, film practice. So, uh, you know, by any yeah. means he was willing to do what he had to do. By any means, man. I mean, those meetings were some of the longest meetings of my life, but I mean, it worked, it worked out pretty good. I learned a lot and that drone license actually got me my next job after, after that. So. Absolutely. So tell us about that. You never, I mean, you never know what's going to happen, man. Cause after sinus, I was, um, you know, looking for other stuff, trying to find paid stuff, still couldn't really find it. You know, it was my first, looking for my first job out of college, technically. Um, you know, Villanova posted something that they needed, you know, a, a quality control guy slash film guy, which you know, most people in football tell you like the film job is the worst job you could possibly have uh, just because of the everything that you're asked to do. But it was a way to move up the ladder to what I eventually want to do. So I hit them up. They were pumped about the drone license deal because they had just bought drones for no reason and just had them sitting around and needed to do something with them. So that was sort of how I got that gig. You know, I was, I got in there um, as a film guy to start for the first month. And then after that first month, I just went to the head guy and I was like, Hey, you know, I really just want to do, I really want to do coaching in the future. Like, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to make sure. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's fine. You know, we can move you into more of like an assistant, you know, a defensive quality control role um, and special teams assistant. So that's what I did for the year. I, you know, I broke down all the film for the special teams coordinator. Um, I helped the D line with their drills for the season. Um, you know, I cut up all his stuff, did that. I was basically, I was an unpaid GA pretty much. I was doing GA work is the best I can describe it. Yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, obviously it's, it's not ideal, but it's, it's nice to get Villanova on your resume and, um, I do. I remember going out, reaching out to you, like as a, our, our special teams coordinator, like, hey, like, what are you guys running? And being able to bounce ideas off that, like, you know, six, eight months ago, like, 
you, you didn't know anything about special teams. No, so, I had no idea. Um, I had no idea. So now you, you're working, <clears throat> what, like four years in a row, you know, volunteer, unpaid, like how are you surviving? Mm-hmm. Where are you living? What are you eating? Tell us about that. Um, you know, lucky for me, like the temple, the temple gig was in college. So I was pretty used to eating cheap food and just, str- you know, struggling to survive to begin with. Um, you know, our sinus was close to my house. So I, I saved, I saved rent payment there. Um, and then Villanova was where it sort of like, you know, hit me that, oh crap, I have $0. I got to figure out what to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the biggest thing is obviously trying to find food. Um, and at Temple, it was, you know, I worked the two jobs to make sure I could still do the football stuff. And at that big level, you know, you get the free food from a, the training table. So basically I was just filling up Tupperwares and bringing it back to my, my apartment, mm. surviving that way. Cause I had no money to buy food and I didn't have a meal plan. Um, or sinus was kind of, it was funny. Um, I actually knew somebody who worked in the kitchen as like a, as like a dishwasher sort of deal. So a couple of days a week, you know, I could go up there and he would basically just like throw me a sandwich or something like that. Mm. So I eat, um, which was nice. You know, he's still over there. Uh, and then Nova, I actually, uh, I worked at a bar three nights a week um, till about three in the morning as a bouncer. I know it, it, an intimidating five, six, sir. Um, you know, uh, so I did that a few nights a week. I slept in my car um, when I would work. So I just, cause I wouldn't drive home. I just drove back to the office and just slept in my car three nights a week. Mm-hmm. Crashed on people's couches who lived around other coaches couches a little bit. Um, you know, I was there, you know, once a week I would drive a little over an hour home just so I could get new clothes and stuff. And, uh, you know, while I was there, the other coaches were nice enough to let me use their meal swipes because uh, I was still unpaid. They threw me some gear, but I had no money. Mm-hmm. So threw me some meal swipes. So that's that's pretty much like how I survived the first four years. It was just other people being generous with what they were giving me, um, trying to stay as close to home as possible so I could at least save some money and then just, you know, working. I hate to use the word grinding, but I mean, it was like. I worked three jobs at one time and then I was working in a bar till three in the morning and then being, having to set up the special teams meeting at 6am. So, I mean, it, it was a grind. No, absolutely, man. And I think you hit on a really important thing about, you know, the coaching community and just things that coaches should do is, you know, we, we all have our story that, you know, that's the the point of this podcast. Uh, But when you finally make it and you finally have some money, you got to pay it forward because you got some young guys under you that like, you know, you may not know, what they're going through or, or how they're, they're making that job work. Uh, but there's a, a lot of postings on the football scoop for, you know, a thousand dollars a month and you can't live on that. So uh, if you're in a position to be able to take care of a young coach, uh, you, you definitely should. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, your, your first break, uh, your first job, making some actual cash uh, over there at Alvernia. Uh, yeah. It's funny. You talk about a thousand a month. Cause that, that was the first, that was the first break I got. Uh, Alvernia had posted a, um, a $12,000 job, um, to the scoop, like you were talking about. Uh, 
And it so coincided that that was when my student loans kicked in mm. was basically like right when I would have started. So I needed to find some kind of paying job to start paying those off. So I applied on the scoop for a, uh, a defensive assistant job, uh, got an interview. When I got there, they said it was actually for an offensive assistant job. Um, I had never done anything on offense. I was defense at her sinus. I was defense at Temple. I was defense at Nova. So I didn't know anything about offense, but I went in there and just, you know, they said, just, Hey, just teach us what you know the best. So I basically gave a special teams presentation and just mm -hmm. talked about like my goals and all that sort of stuff. Um, ended up getting the job. Um, the cool thing about it to me was her sinus, uh, her sinus was sort of an established division three program. Uh, you know, had history, had success. Alvernia was, it was first year. So they had no football before that. They had no alumni. They had nothing. The school was still adjusting to it. So basically we went in and just recruited for year one and hit the ground running after that. Um, and that was sort of my, my first break. You know, I was able to get a discount on my uh, master's classes at Alvernia. So that was a good trade-off for, you know, being low paid. So I have my master's now. Um, and sort of after two years of working there on that salary, um, I got bumped up to full time with, with benefits. So now I'm a little more stable. Um, I feel like, uh, I feel a good sense of accomplishment about it. Cause like, at least I have a job. It mm -hmm. might not be what I want to be at right now, but I feel like I'm trending in the right direction and it's just good. I have good people around me who I can kind of, you know, talk to about, about everything so i feel pretty good about my break and with that uh, that full-time job you became a special teams coordinator correct yeah special so. team guy i've coached uh running backs tight ends i'm actually next season i'm gonna be doing the offensive line um so i'm getting i'm getting all the experience i can handle so it's working out good that's awesome man definitely happy for you uh, especially as you know that young student you know i couldn't imagine myself being a college student and, and and grinding the way you did and sacrificing that college life that so many kids you know guys on football scholarship will walk away from you know the football field for that that college life uh but just sacrificing that and now you know turning that into a full-time job uh question that i've got to ask everybody you know could you do it all over again i could uh <laughs> Wanting to is a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it sounds, it's a cliche thing, but it's that, it's that thing. Everybody says, Oh, if I knew then what I know now, mm -hmm. all these sort of things. Cause you know, I started at a, a big time school and I didn't really understand the sort of networking aspect of our profession or any profession for that matter. Mm -hmm. So if I could go back and do it again, yeah, I could do it again and be unpaid and do all that stuff. I find a way to do it. It probably helped me lose some weight, but I would just go about it a little differently of how I, you know, interacted with people and, you know, all those sort of things who I chose to learn from stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. man. Uh, I'm definitely somebody that, you know, I, I have a pretty honestly like solid, good football coaching network. Uh, and I graduated with one, um, but I was just kind of, I, I can't say I was super close to my college coaches, um, 
so I didn't want to ask them for help. I wanted to be the guy who made it on their own. Like I know a bunch of my teammates, you know, went on to, uh, to, you know, get college jobs right out of, uh, right out of graduation and stuff, but I wasn't going to do that. And, you know, it probably took me, you know, six years, seven years to realize like, you know, like I, I need to have relationships with these guys. They were good guys. They, they helped me be, like go from a, a, a boy to a man. Um, and if I want to succeed in this, this business, like, you know, you have to have those, those relationships. So, uh, I was hardheaded for a very, very long time. And it took me a long time to realize that, okay, I have to network, uh, and I have to be willing to ask people for help. Uh, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, so looking to the future, you know, kind of tell me, you know, what's your, your dream, dream job. And then, you know, how are you going to get there? What's your next step from, from where you are now? Well, I'm, so I, I mean, I grew up in the Philly suburbs, so I've been a birds fan my whole life. So the dream job is head coach or GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's always been, that's always been the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it ever happens, who knows, you know, I hope they stay successful so they don't need a new head coach anytime soon. But uh, for me, I just want to be, I want to be able to coach at the highest level. Um, so it's either the NFL or D1. Like those are the, those are the two jobs I want to have. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with coaching at D3. Um, there's just aspects of it where it's, it's just hard to be able to coach football with so much other, so many other responsibilities that we have. Um, you know, with the academics, you know, we do community service. You know, you're much more invested in every aspect of the college process than you would be at the, the higher level. So that's kind of what I want to get to so I can sort of just focus recruiting and coaching or just coaching that sort of deal. Um, as far as the next step, I just hope I just hope to move up the ladder a little bit, uh, whether it's a D2 job, a D1 job. You know, if I got to go back to unpaid, I saved some money so I could do it um, just because I knew that might be a possibility. Just, you know, talking to you, talking to some other people. Um, so really the next the next step would be just hope I bump up one rung on the ladder, just keep climbing to eventually reach the, the main goal. Yeah, I hear that, man. That's that's awesome. Um, so you're definitely someone that, you know, there's there's another jump out there wondering whether he should get into the football coaching. And, you know, you've done a, a great job of establishing yourself uh, and now getting to a point where, like, you know, you can make the leap, you know what I mean? Because um, you, you put in the time, you, you've saved up some money and, yeah, man, I'm excited for you. Uh, any advice for that that young Giampa who might be a student assistant? You know, maybe you didn't even play football in high school or something like that. Um, but just starting out in this profession with, you know, not a lot of knowledge, you know, what would you tell them? There's a couple of things. Um, the the biggest one probably for guys who are just getting in and, you know, it's, it's my route where it's you know, an intern spot and you're not really uh, sure what – you know, what your job is, anything like that. Just try to get in as many meetings as you can. Um, as many meetings as you can, go to clinics, network with people, just be around other football people. Um, so you learn the game first and foremost because your knowledge is going to take you way farther than anything else. And then so you're meeting and interacting with other coaches or scouts or whatever it is you want to do in football. Um you know, because for me, that was the best part of the Temple job to get started was just sitting in the meetings, seeing football vernacular, seeing how they watch film, seeing what sort of things they look for. Because, you know, you think you know a ton of football because you like it and you watch it on Sundays and Saturdays. 
And then you get to an actual football team meeting and you're just like, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of a culture shock there. And the other thing is whenever you do get a job, I mean, it's just try to be the best at whatever job it is. It sounds cliche, but the better you are at what you do, the more people end up noticing. Um, you know, that's just the way I feel about it, you know, and hopefully people are noticing. I would hope so. Um, and then the last thing is just be patient. You know, uh, I'm 28. I was unpaid for four years. You know, I'm just starting to make some money in this. Uh, if you can survive the first few years, you know, live well below your means, try to be a little frugal here and there, and you make it through that first spot, and you're doing the things we talk about, but networking, you know, learning the game, uh, making sure that if level that the kids experience that your coaching is a good one and you're helping them get to be better people, you know, it's going to work out. Uh, it's just, you know, we've all had the times where we feel down about it, um, but eventually everything comes together, I think. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. But uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on today. And uh, we are signing off. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for, uh, for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Yeah.